Welcome to the Healing HQ Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a Hashimoto's warrior, registered dietitian, and lover of all things healing. Each week, we will dive deep and provide you tips, tricks, and everything you will need on your healing journey from myself and my guests in the community. If you're ready to jump headfirst into your healing journey, then this podcast is for you. Get ready to talk all things woo-woo, mindset, nutrition, and so much more. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Healing HQ podcast. (laughs) I am so glad you are here. Today's episode is a big one. We are talking about all things gut health, Hashimoto's, thyroid. I mean, gosh, I'm going to walk you through what the gut even does because we hear about it, right? Gut health, gut health, gut health. Like, what even is it? Who knows? Um, I'm going to talk about what it does and why it's so important for Hashimoto's. I'm going to talk about, I mean, leaky gut. We'll talk about SIBO. And then we'll talk about like what you can do to actually start healing your gut and feeling good and making sure that your gut health is optimal. So let's first get into like the definition of what the gut actually is. So the gut is is your intestines essentially um, from your stomach all the way to um, your butt basically, right? Um, And it's responsible for absorbing all of the nutrients from your food. It's responsible for eliminating a lot of the excess hormones our body produces. And it pretty much houses majority, like 70 to 80% of our immune system, which is a fairly new discovery, which blows my mind because like how, like the microbiome itself, the gut lining is like a whole new organ. Like they just discovered an organ that houses most of our immune system. So it makes sense that Hashimoto's is linked to your gut health because it, our immune system is housed there. So if your gut health is not optimal, then probably a lot of the other things in your body aren't optimal. And it, trust me, as someone who has a lot of gut issues, it feels like crap, no pun intended. (laughs) Dad joke. But that's what the gut does. So let's dive into like what the, like why the gut is so important for Hashimoto's, us Hashimoto's warriors and why it matters. And I didn't know this. So this is why I'm going to get a little sciencey here, but I want you to know and feel empowered and like know what's happening in your body. So your thyroid produces mostly T4, which is the inactive form of the thyroid hormone. And it requires a lot of other tissues and organs like your gut to convert from the inactive form into the active form, which is known as T3. And that's responsible for your energy, your metabolism, your body temperature, and like so many more things. Like your thyroid hormones play a huge role in your health, in your neural health, in your DNA. I mean, gosh, they play a role in everything. So you can see if... The, uh, if a lot of the conversion hap- from T4 to T3 happens in the gut, why gut health would be so important. And about, I would say over 20% of your thyroid hormone actually takes place, the, the thyroid hormone conversion actually takes place in the gut, which is like crazy that our gut flora, right? What's happening in our gut knows that we need a certain amount of T3 and it's going to help convert it for us. <laughs> crazy, right? So if your gut isn't functioning optimally, you can experience a lot of symptoms of like hypothyroidism, even if your thyroid's healthy because the conversion isn't happening 
properly or optimally. And this is where antibodies kind of come into play, right? So in our gut, we have these things called tight junctions. And it's almost like a zipper. And, you know, like on your large winter jacket, <laughs> the puffy zippers, um, or any zipper, but it's like a zipper. And the more your gut lining is damaged or not optimal, the more the zipper opens. And when the zipper is open, a lot of things that go through our gut, like, I don't know, all of our food, all of our nutrients, our poop, blood, fluid, right? A lot goes in there. It opens up the gut lining and exposes all these foreign proteins and antigens and food particles. And that stimulates our immune system to kind of attack and produce these antibodies, which is what it's supposed to do, right? Our, bo our body's always going to protect us. But the job of the antibodies is to tag any like foreign thing, foreign protein, anything that's for that our body deems foreign for destruction. So this is where like the food you eat matters, right? So there is a lot of science and studies that shows us that gluten and dairy have a similar molecule makeup of these foreign objects of your thyroid tissue, actually. So when you're eating a lot of gluten and dairy, like for example, a food that is very common for women with Hashimoto's to, for their bodies to not get along with. Um, so when you're eating it, your body picks it up as a foreign object goes into attack mode, but because they're so similar to your thyroid tissue, the protein makeup of them, your body starts attacking your thyroid too. So you could see how the amino acid of this like foreign protein that has been tagged for destruction resembles a lot of our body tissues, including a thyroid. This all blows my mind. So when this happens, your immune system is like, hey, I'm going to attack anything and everything that looks like this protein sequence, and I am going to do my job and inflame it, try and get rid of it, and that's it. I did my job. Little do they know, <laughs> they're attacking our organs, um, which, you know, our bodies are so freaking smart, and they're trying to protect us, but, I mean, how annoying, <laughs> right? Like when you actually comprehend what's happening in our body, you're like, what? Like our bodies are so smart. They can't figure this one out. I guess not. And <laughs> this is what, this is essentially what's happening with your Hashimoto's, assuming it's coming from a gut issue. There are many other root causes, but the gut plays a huge, huge role. And basically we want to make sure that our gut lining, the zipper, isn't opening so that these things can't go through our body, our intestinal lining, because the job of the intestinal lining is to keep harmful things, right? These harmful proteins, essentially, from entering our body, our bloodstream. So when you have impaired gut health, these proteins essentially are able to cross over and cause a lot of these issues and cause these inflammatory responses. So over time, after happening over and over and over again, and all the zippers coming loose and undone, your body's going to create antibodies. And this can set off all of your Hashimoto symptoms, your immune systems, your thyroid issues. I mean, it, it's like crazy that this happens. And a lot of people 
recently i mean i don't know if this is like a fad thing i would hope not i don't think a diagnosis is a fad (laughs) but who knows leaky gut is something we hear all the time and leaky gut is something that women with hashimoto's do tend to have and essentially leaky gut is when your intestinal permeability so in your intestine when all of these zippers are undone you can things start leaking into your body um, from the gut. So these tight junctions, right, these zippers regulate what's going in and out of the intestinal wall. So our goal is to build them up and have them be as strong as possible. So when you keep exposing yourselves to foods that you're sensitive to or you're intolerant to or you're allergic to, if you have chronic stress, you have frequent gut infections, you are you, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my childhood, I was on antibiotics. I was, I was a sick kid a lot. And I had a lot of antibiotics that affects your gut. And all these things can cause those spaces, those zippers to start opening and break down and allowing the food, the bacteria, the yeast, the, the foreign objects into our bloodstream. And this is not meant to scare you at all. I just want you to know what's happening. (laughs) So when these particles, right, these foreign objects actually make their way past the gut barrier, the body's like, hey, immune response, let's go, 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 attack, attack, attack. And this could lead to a lot of other food insensitivities, um, intolerances and sensitivities. It could lead to weight gain, inflammation everywhere, hormone issues, like, hello, our cycles, (laughs) Um, an imbalanced gut flora, it could trigger autoimmunity if you don't have it yet. You know, there's a lot that leaky gut plays a role in and you don't have to have stomach issues to have leaky gut and vice versa. So don't think that like, oh, if you're having stomach issues, you have leaky gut. No, no, no. Work with a practitioner to see what the difference is. But it is common and it can be common with women in Hashimoto's to, to essentially have this happening where your gut lining is not strong enough to keep all the foreign things out that it's supposed to. So your body goes into attack mode. And because the molecule makeup of these things are so similar to our organ tissues, specifically the thyroid, it attacks the thyroid. Crazy. So we've gone over leaky gut. Let's dive into SIBO really quick. S-I-B-O. And it's called small intestinal bacterial over overgrowth. SIBO, yay, or SIBO, however you want to pronounce it. And basically, SIBO is a condition in which there is an increase in the number of specific bacteria in the small intestine, um, hydrogen and methane. And it happens when bacteria that would normally grow in other areas of your gut, gut start growing in your small intestines as well. And the small intestine is where all of your nutrients are actually absorbed. So, so it goes through all your food, goes through all these nooks and crannies and turns, and then all of a sudden it gets absorbed in the small intestine. And when you have SIBO, it's basically stopping the absorption of food, causing a lot of issues. And that could lead to you not absorbing any nutrients. So like malabsorption, malnutrition, it can damage your stomach lining because it's not working properly. I mean, and gosh, there's so much from like chronic diarrhea, chronic constipation, abdominal pain, gas, bloating, all the fun things, right? (laughs) So like a lot of common um, symptoms caused by SIBO are common symptoms caused by Hashimoto's. So it's hard to tell which is which. However, 
working with a practitioner, getting tested, working with your gastro if they test it for you is important. But things like the the bloat, guys, like eating anything causes you to bloat, having const- chronic constipation, chronic diarrhea, if you already have an IBS diagnosis, um, joint pain, chronic fatigue, having anemia, um, having really fatty stools, so fat malabsorption, or like super significant weight loss. And you could see like (laughs) all of these symptoms are like, well, how would I know what's what? So, but like, what does all this mean, right? Having thyroid issues like hypothyroidism can actually cause SIBO, which I was like, what? When I was researching for this episode, I was like, wait, hypothyroidism can actually cause SIBO, not the other way around. So let me explain this, okay? So when you're dealing with a thyroid condition like hypothyroidism, your thyroid is not performing the way it should be, right? We know that it's low. It's not doing the things it's supposed to be doing. So what that means is your metabolic processes like digestion are slowing down. Okay. And when your gut is dealing with this overgrowth of this hydrogen and methane, a lot of this bacteria, it can cause issues with the conversion from T4 to T3. So many people who have hypothyroidism also have lower Um, amounts of stomach acid, also known as HCL, um, hydrochloric something. I don't know what the L stands for, but HCL in our stomach is what helps us digest the food. So when you don't have enough, it can be really easy for these bacteria to grow and make a home in your small intestines. What? (laughs) Right? Like, what? How insane. Like, the fact that basically you're not absorbing, you're not digesting properly and in the place where it helps your thyroid. So it's kind of sitting there and overgrowing and it's like, that's not good. <laughs> and that's, that's what I had. I had SIBO. Um, I have low HCL, which is common with women with Hashimoto's. If you have low HCL, it doesn't mean you have SIBO. Um, just keep that in mind. But to get diagnosed, you have to do a breath test from your gastro, your doctor, or um, a functional practitioner should be able to guide you through it. It's, it's very interesting. You have to like eat a certain way before, and then you breathe into these tubes every few hours um, for 24 hours, and then you send it away. And then they give you the results of how much hydrogen and methane are being produced um, in your body. So isn't it crazy? You could like, just from breathing, they can tell what's happening in your gut. Um, But yeah, if you guys are noticing a lot of these symptoms, nothing's helping you can't hurt to go get checked out. Um, And so I was so confused of what SIBO and leaky gut actually were. So I'm happy that, well, I researched a long time ago to help with my clients, but now I can share with you what's happening. And you may be like, oh my God, she's, she's literally reading off these symptoms and that's me. Maybe I should go get it checked out. And that's my hope. Um, Cause I know when I was first diagnosed, I had all these gut issues and I kind of ignored them thinking just diet would help. But then I, it got to the point where I was eating like salad, <laughs> like lettuce, and I would blow up. I, I seriously could gain 10 pounds in a day. And I was like, I'm eating lettuce. Like that's the opposite of what's supposed to happen. And I realized, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I realized that no, like I, I'm having a problem. <laughs> Something's happening where my body's not digesting properly and I need to fix it. And lo and behold, lucky what I had. 
So let's, I'm going to segue here and talk about how your hormones can impact your gut. We have a bunch of different hormones in our bodies. So let's talk about the thyroid, right? The thyroid hormone helps you produce the adequate amount of stomach acid and it keeps things moving like pooping regularly, excreting excess estrogen, insulin, all that stuff regularly um, through your stools. Then there's progesterone, right? Which is a female sex hormone. And in basically it helps your smooth muscles to relax and can make you feel a little constipated before your period. Um, And I don't know if you guys have this, but I know I definitely did going to the bathroom, like the first few days, like the, I would say like four or five days before my period is always a struggle. And then when I get my period, it is not a struggle, like really not a struggle. I don't want to curse on here, but they call it like the period. It's wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what I'm talking about? Um, That's because of your progesterone and it helps you essentially your muscles relax. And then when it drops, you're able to go to the bathroom again. Very, very interesting. Right. And then there's prostaglandins, which are these hormone like chemicals. So they're not necessarily hormones. They're just similar to hormones in their makeup, but they cause the muscles to contract. And that could be the cause of your period poops. So it's like, wow, there's so much that goes into our gut that plays roles in so many other things that are going on in our body, especially with Hashimoto's. So, but how does your gut affect all these hormones, right? That's how your hormone, how specific hormones affect your gut, but how can your gut actually affect the hormones? Well, we know that it plays a role in the conversion and your thyroid hormone has to be activated. And the way it does that is in the gut. So a healthy gut helps you do that. But your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, um, plays a huge role in inflammation and imbalances and infections in the gut can actually cause inflammation and make your adrenals work over time, producing a lot more cortisol. Crazy. Um, Also your sleep Um, Your sleep and your gut are super important, especially with cortisol. Um, But estrogen, another female sex hormone, once your liver detoxes estrogen and does what it's supposed to do, (coughs) excuse me, I don't know what's happening. You could tell I don't edit this podcast. (laughs) But so once your liver detoxes, right, and does everything it's supposed to do, getting rid of the excess estrogen in your body, assuming it works as you know, your liver is not congested and works good. Your gut is is one of the many ways that the body moves all this excess estrogen out. So if you're not pooping or you're having an imbalance in your gut, you could end up with estrogen dominance or an influx of estrogen because you're not able to excrete it. So we need to work on hormone balances. We need to work on gut health and we need to support both of them so we can address what's actually going on. And I have a whole a whole entire like step in the Hashimoto's method, which is my membership. It is affordable. It's fun. It's community-based. We have so much fun in the Hashimoto's method. I have a whole entire step dedicated to just your hormone, your adrenal, and your gut health because they are the three most important things that we want to make sure are good, ready to go. So that way your healing is much better and you find out if you're having issues right then and there. And I just think it's so important as women with an autoimmune disease to be empowered and know what's going on in our body, even if nothing is wrong, right? You feel good. You're having normal bowel movements. Nothing's wrong with your gut. It can't hurt to help with your gut health, right? Like to do little things that help with it. Um, so one thing that I do in my programs is I give the, 
I give out like a gut health quiz. Um, and basically it's, if you have more than five of these symptoms, essentially, um, your gut health could be impaired and maybe it's time to start, um, helping with supplements, with changing your diet and so on. So I'm going to read it to you. So it's the, how to identify if you may have a gut issue. Each one of these is one point. So I'll start with the first one. I have gas. I have bloating. I have discomfort and or belching after meals. I have diarrhea. I have constipation. I have food sensitivities. I have heartburn. I have rashes, eczema, acne, or hives. I have foul-smelling stools. I see undigested food in my stools other than nuts, seeds, and corn. My tongue is swollen or has a thick coat. I use NSAIDs like ibuprofen or naproxen. I think I pronounced that correctly. Naproxen regularly. I've taken antibiotics more than once in the last year, and I have taken the birth control pill. And the answer key is if you only checked off one or two, right, you only have one or two points, your gut health is good. Um, you shouldn't be really imbalanced, you know, can't hurt to know that if you have three boxes checked, <clears throat> it's intermediate gut health. So you could have an imbalance that's just kind of growing, maybe not, who knows. Um, and if you have five or more, that typically means you have a lower gut health, meaning you could have an imbalance or a dysfunction and you would probably benefit from working with someone, changing things up, and maybe introducing new supplements to help with your gut health. And this obviously is not a diagnostic test at all. This is a self-evaluation for you to identify potential issues so that you can go get the help that you need. So this is not me diagnosing you at all. Nope. You have to go to the doctor if you have these. And especially if you have five or more, go speak to someone. You deserve to feel better. It's so worth it. Trust me. So I'm going to give you some tips and tricks with like how to help your gut health, right? And what to add in. So the first one, like the first tip is remove food triggers, guys. You know, we all know that that um, diets high in processed food and sugars and and all this stuff can negatively impact your gut health. That's not to say you need to cut it out completely and never have it again. It just means that maybe for a little bit, we slow down and start incorporating um, more natural, less processed foods into your diet. Um, experimenting with different foods is a really great tip. So um, eliminating for X amount of time and then reintroducing to see what your body loves is really a great tool. Um, and, you know, typically a lot of the common aggravators of your gut are things like gluten, dairy, corn, soy, legumes, caffeine, you know, all the stuff that kind of gives you urgency. Um, another tip would be to avoid unnecessary medications like your NSAIDs, your antibiotics and birth control if you choose to, and then decrease stress. Your stress and cortisol plays a role in all of your organs, but your gut like majorly. So if you can take a deep breath and just release what you need to release. And so what can we add in? And there are a few things that, you know, I think are super good for gut health. And that includes um, fermented foods. So like raw cultured organic vegetables, like pickles, sauerkraut. I mean, there's tons of pickled beets, pickled carrots, you know, you can make a probiotic out of any food. Um, if your digestive sy symptoms get worse when you're having them make like 
reduce or eliminate the intake of those foods because you want to make sure that you're not setting off any more SIBO or fructose intolerance and things like that. Um, I personally do a lot better with by cooking my vegetables. So all of my, I don't really eat raw vegetables um, anymore. My body just doesn't like it. Um, so I cook everything, e- even just like putting spinach in the microwave for 30 seconds helps with my digestion personally. Um, there are other elimination experiments you can do with yourself, an anti-inflammatory one, low FODMAP. I mean, there's tons of them. And then supplements, obviously a probiotic, L-glutamine, ginger root, aloe. I mean, there's tons of things that you could start adding in, but err on the side of caution because they can cause you gas, bloating, frequent bowel movements, things like that, if it's not something you need. Um, Bone broth, super freaking important. Castor oil packs, working on your mental health, moving. I mean, there's so many things that you can do for your gut health. And I hope that you can incorporate at least one of these. And I hope that this episode helps you figure out if something's going on or just so you know what to look out for. And I'm just so glad that I, you know, I spent a long time wondering what the heck was happening in my body. And now I'm at a point finally where I understand what's happening in my gut because I got the help I needed and because I had a community and because I knew something was wrong and I chose not to ignore it. So I'm going to empower you right now. If you feel like your gut health is an issue, make sure that you reach out or follow people on Instagram or join a program or get a coach or whatever, you know, go to your doctor, whatever you need to make sure that everything is okay because our gut is very important with our immune system and our thyroid. 